Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Before I get started, I just want to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to speak through me because it's not about my words. It's not about what clever thoughts I came up with. It's really about what the Lord wants to do in here today and what His Word is. So Jesus, I just ask that you would come this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move through me. I pray that your word would land on fertile soil, that our hearts would be tender and ready to receive. And I pray that you would help my mouth to speak exactly what you want to speak today. Not Ellie's words, not Ellie's thoughts, but your thoughts, your words today. I just submit to you, Lord. I pray that you would come and just use me as a vessel and that today we would walk to, walk away changed by your word, changed by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm gonna read our passage first. And uh, as you can see, we're moving into a series called Run With Endurance. Endurance is such a strong and important part of the Christian faith. We don't just sprint and then we're at the finish line. We actually have to endure. We run a long distance. Um, sometimes it's short, depending on where in life you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Um, sometimes it is short, but typically we're running a long race. It's not a short distance. And so uh, we want to kind of come in with this series and just talk about how to run with endurance. What does the Bible actually say about it? What, is it? what does it tell us to do and how does it instruct us in this because we don't want to just run and peter out. We actually want to run and win the prize like what Paul talks about. So our passage today is from Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from the sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You know, as I was preparing for this message, I actually, I got this vision of a church and I believe it's our church. I actually believe it's maybe the big C church, like all churches collectively. I don't think it's limited to one life, but I got this vision of a church literally burning and yearning with hunger for more of God's presence in holy awe of the Redeemer. So literally just like, hungry. I can't get enough of him. I just want more of God. I just want more of who he is because he's so holy and he's my redeemer. And I saw this church just like yearning. And then I also saw this people who were set ablaze with the warmth of his love. So it's not just that they're burning for his presence, but they're actually like motivated by his love. His love fills them and stirs them in a way that, that motivates them to do something. And then they turn around and they have this relentless tenacity, this relentless abandon to reach the people who are around them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's like they're, they're building in the secret place. 
They're, hear, they're hearing his voice. They're reading his word. They're getting hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. And then they, they turn around and they're like, I wanna reach the world. I wanna tell everyone about what's happening to me. And we, we all go through seasons where that's really hard, right? We, we go through these mountaintop experiences where God's like, woo, and we're doing great. And then, and then we go through seasons where it's like you're straining and you're, you're working against it. But we're gonna talk about that today because I believe that God wants to unlock something in our church where we become truly a people who are set ablaze with his love, who are truly so hungry for him, who are so after him, who are so on fire for him that we're willing to run next door to our neighbor and say, hey, wanna come over for dinner? Like literally, I know that sounds crazy, but, but we need to like be so set ablaze with his love and realize people are on their path to hell. Like, and God cares about them. He loves them. He sees them. He wants them in his kingdom. And are we concerned about them? Like, it's a real question I'm asking myself, not just you, okay? <laughs> like, we are his people. We're the bride of Christ. And he has empowered us not to just live holy lives, but to live lives that actually draw people into something. We're so captivating by his love. We're so set ablaze with his love. We've so received it that then when we're around people, it's just like falling off of us, right? So it's like, are we ablaze? And I really, I, I was going to reframe this whole message to be about being ablaze, but I really feel like I need to talk about this Hebrews passage. So I'm going to try to stay on track. I promise. <laughs> um, but what could stop a church from being ablaze? Like, have you stopped to ever think, what actually stops us from being ablaze? What stops us? Distractions. Yeah, thank you. Distractions. Many of us are experiencing so many pressures. Some of them are self-induced, okay? Like, let's be honest, maybe 90% are self-induced. But there's also, since COVID, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but um, the world's kind of gone crazy. Um, it was crazy before, but now it's like a new level. Um, and it ends up, we've got financial pressures. We've got health pressures. We've got family dynamics that are getting weirder and weirder. And then we've got work dynamics where they're like, who knows what's happening? And we've got all these things happening. And then they're like, and put your kids in sports and let them get A's and don't let them be, you know, not smart. Make sure they're smart. Oh, and then the church is like, make sure you train them up in the ways of the Lord. And, and then, you know, you've got all these dynamics going on. Talk about pressures that we have, you know, and then we've got family that lives far away. So you're traveling to see them. And then there's all this stuff coming at us, right? And it's, it begins to push us down where we begin to just come under the weight of it. And we begin to submit to the weight of the world, and that was the weight we were never meant to carry. We weren't meant to carry this weight that the world is pushing on us. We're meant to carry a light weight because we are yoked with Christ. We are, he is the burden bearer. And in this passage, it actually talks about how um, he, the, the burden that we're supposed to lay down, it says, let us also lay aside every weight. And that word weight, it literally means burden. It means like a, um, if you could imagine like throwing a massive thing on your back, it meant mound. So I was imagining this like 
insane backpack that we threw on that's not just a backpack, but it's more like a Santa Claus bag is what I'm imagining. And we just like kind of throw it over our shoulder and then we're like, I'm gonna walk with the Lord. And then you're trying to love people around you, but you're like barely standing because you're being crushed under the weight of this backpack you put on. We're like getting crushed. I I mean, I'm gonna be totally honest. This summer, I was feeling it. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going under the weight. And and the Lord told me actually, uh, July 24th of 2022, I have to get my years right. Last year, when we were set in here, I was standing up on the stage and they're praying over us. They're setting us in. And I, I remember the Lord saying, this is not your weight to carry. And I, I promise you, there are so many things in our lives that we begin to come under the weight of, and the Lord is saying, that's not your weight to carry. Would you please give it to me? Give it back to me. It's not your weight to carry. This is my weight. I've got it. And it's an invitation. So what weights are you carrying that you need to lay aside? And as I was thinking about this and praying about this, I just asked the Lord, like, how do we determine what weights we've picked up that we're not supposed to carry? Like, how do we see them? And I just heard him ask me this question, what is using up your energy, virtue, and strength? What's using it up? What are you giving all your energy, virtue, and strength to? Because sometimes we end up giving all our energy, strength, and virtue to finances. We're just trying to make five bucks. Like, I just need to put some food on the table. And the Lord's like, I've got bread for you. He's inviting you. He's like, hey, would you trust me with the bread? I provided bread for 5,000 people. Don't you think I can provide bread for five? I multiplied it. Come on, we have got to get our heads in the right place because he is inviting us to. He's saying, hey, these weights. So what are we giving our energy, strength, and virtue to? And I have a long list, okay? So just, um, I don't know if I should read them all, but I just started writing it down. Offense. Anybody got some offense that they're giving some strength, energy, and virtue to? It's just in there. It's sucking the life out of you. It's like, because you know what sucks our virtue more than anything else is the stuff going on inside. It's not the external chaos. It's the internal chaos. So we've got all these offenses or maybe just one. Sometimes it's literally one person that said one thing or did one thing, or maybe it's a whole lifetime of things they've done. Either way, we've got this offense and it's just sitting there. What about fear of man? How much of our time, energy, and virtue goes to fear of man? I'm just going to crumble. Like, whoo. And then what about fear of the future? Fear of failure? Feeling discarded, overlooked, misunderstood. We sometimes put on the weight of misunderstanding. I hate being misunderstood. It's probably one of my like biggest like, I hate it. I just want people to like realize I'm super genuine and like, Meh. and when they misunderstand me and like, I just like, it, it irks me. But how much time, energy, and virtue am I giving to that? I don't need to. There's no reason for it. It doesn't change anything. 
We give virtue to discouragement, to fatigue, to frustration. We'll give it to disappointment, to striving, just wanting the next thing. I just need to get it. I need to obtain the thing, whatever it is. We give it to judgments against us. When we've been judged, how much do you let that be a weight in your mind? Something that just like, it crushes you. What about judgments you've put on other people? Sometimes when we judge other people, we end up just sitting under that weight ourselves. We judged them for doing something. And then how many of you know when you've judged someone for something, you end up doing the same exact thing like two months later? I, I'm just saying for myself, I know for me, that's been like a real true thing. It might just be a humbling of the Lord. Um, what about shame? How much time do you give to your shame for your past or a decision you just made that was like totally wonky? I'm not just talking about shame for like before you were saved. I'm talking about shame like you made a bad financial decision and now you're just sitting under the weight of it. The shame, I messed this up, man. What about the weight of what's happening in the world? There's so much weight that comes against us with the world. And we just get caught in this reasoning of like, well, maybe if we do this, or maybe if we do that, or maybe if we do this, it's like, it's a weight. So these are common things and weights just expose trust issues. Whatever your weight is, it's exposing a trust issue in the Lord. So as you begin to look at those weights, you begin to say, I'm gonna lay aside my weights. What you're doing is you're saying, I'm gonna pick up trust in my almighty God, my savior, the one who set me apart. He's called me. He's got plans and purposes for me that are beyond this moment. I don't have to be stuck in the past. I don't have to be stuck in right now. I have a future and a hope in Jesus Christ. I'm gonna set my eyes on him. I'm gonna lay aside these weights and I'm gonna walk with faith because he has called me. That's what we need to do. Lay those weights aside. It's an intentional act. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna give you all of it. I'm gonna trust you with this. Another question to consider is to look at your schedule and the things that use your energy, time, and virtue. Are all those things required of you by the Lord? Did he ask you to do them? So many times we pick up things because we feel obligated I do that. And then you're in the middle of it and you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) I have no business being here. We have to become good at discerning, Lord, what weight did you ask me to pick up? Because when it's the Lord's weight, he's the one carrying it and the burden is light. When it's the weight that we feel like we have to carry, it crushes us, right? So that's the laying aside of every weight. The next part, lay aside every sin which clings so closely. Other translations say sin that so easily ensnares us. The thing is, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. That's James 4, 5. It says the spirit in us is yearning jealously for our hearts. It's not like his spirit is like, meh, you know, if you decide to come. He's like, come to me. Hey, leave the sin alone. Come to me. I want you. I want to be close to you. I want to be near to you. That sin, that's like, it's just like fake. It's, it's like not worth it. Come to me. He yearns jealously for your heart. 
The aim of his jealous yearning is that we might burn with fiery passion for our beloved and him alone. He doesn't want us to just be mediocre, like we attend church on Sunday Christians. He wants us to be on fire, ablaze with love for him because he loved us so much, right? So let's lay aside the sins that ensnare us. Now I'm gonna make a list again and just note that these are not inherently sins. Some of them really are. Some of them are like black and white. We know they're sin, okay? But some of them, it's not the actual object that's the sin. It's this question right here. Um, What are the competing affections of my heart? What's competing for my affection? What's competing for what's happening in my heart? So please note your phone is a competing affection. It's not a sin, except for how you're engaging with it if the Lord convicts you, not me. It's up to him. He has to speak to you about it, not me. (laughs) What about having this obsession with a different house, a different car, a different spouse, a different kid, a different la 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 la. We could just keep going, right? Um, And yes, I listed all those things because sometimes you think them, don't lie to me. Um, What about addictive behaviors? The pornography, the alcohol, the drugs, the things that just keep sucking us in for more. I could add video games right there because sometimes those get us to a place where we are just, the affection of our heart is so caught. And here's the deal. There's no condemnation in any of this. It's not like, oh, you're such a sinner. It's an invitation. And I hope you hear my heart in that. It is an invitation from the Lord. Hey, lay it aside. I'm gonna give you power to do it if you'd ask me. If you'd ask me, I'm gonna help you overcome this. It doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to keep you trapped. You don't have to keep walking in it because I'm gonna give you everything you need to overcome it. I'm gonna give you the tools. I'm gonna give you the power. I'm gonna equip you. I'm gonna put people around you that are cheering for you. You have to open up to those people, but they'll be there if you will open up. Hopefully, I mean, I know our church, I know a lot of people in this church. If you tell them that you are caught in an addiction, they are gonna love the tar out of you. We're gonna come around you. I don't care if it's drugs and you've been lying to all of us for five years, doesn't matter. Here's the deal. If you've needed to be on something for five years in your mind, you've needed to be on it, come clean. Just tell people. It's time to be real. It's time to open up because what's in the dark stays hidden and it's, it's gonna keep you trapped. But if you bring it to light, it has no power over you anymore. It breaks like one moment. We have uh, some sins being caught up in TV shows, keeping stats on sports. Now I'm I'm telling you, I know I just, I'm stepping on toes. Like I'm just like right now, okay, I get it. I'm not saying keeping stats is wrong, okay? I'm not saying that's a sin. I'm saying if it's competing for the affection of your heart, you bring it before the Lord and ask him. All the wives are like, yes. (laughs) What about shopping and filling up your online shopping cart? Zillow? Video games? Facebook? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I don't use that, but I don't know. Some people do. Other ones, I don't know. There's like a hundred now, so I'm not going to list them all. But it's truly... What is competing for the affection of your heart? 
If when you wake up, your first affection is your phone, we got to make some adjustments. Right. I don't know. I, I actually, I had Jason lock my phone down until 7 p.m. Or no, a.m. Woo! <laughs> the whole day. You can't reach me until 7 p.m. No. From 9 p.m. to 7 a.m., my phone is totally locked down. Aside from texting. I can text somebody. I cannot do anything else. It's like dead. And here's the deal. I'm not telling you that's what you need to do, but I want you to seriously contemplate with the Lord. Where is my affection? Is my affection this thing? Like, is it actually giving anything back to you? Or is it sucking the literal life out of you? Because I often feel like it's just sucking me dry. I don't know. Maybe you guys feel different. We need to yield our time to Jesus. Yield it to him. The next part of the verse says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand and the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. The key to this whole thing is I believe in the very first part, looking to Jesus. Some versions say, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. That's the key to the whole thing. We lay aside the weights and then we set aside our eyes. And you know what happens as we do that? He gives us a new perspective. It's a perspective that's different from what we've been looking at. We've been under the weight of sin. And when you're under the weight of sin or under the weight of burdens that you've placed on your back, you're, I just imagine like, like Santa Claus, but maybe like a little more deformed. And he's kind of bent over like this. <laughs> right? And the big old bag is like on your back and you're just looking down and all you can see is right here. And he's like, lay aside the weight and look up at me. And then it's not about you anymore. It's about his kingdom and his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will. I've thrown off the weights. I'm free. I want to look at Jesus. I want to look him in the eye. I want to keep my eyes on him, the perfecter and author of my faith. And he who endured so much for me, he who was willing to go to the cross for me, he who was willing to do everything for me so that I could live eternally with him. I'm going to set my eyes on him and I'm going to lay aside this. And so it's this invitation to set those things aside. Now, if you've been around our church for any amount of time and ever heard me preach, you will know that I typically preach on prayer, and um, that's basically all the Lord's ever given me permission to preach on. And um, this was the first, actually, I think, where I got to deviate. Um, <laughs> um, but here's the deal. I, I want to give you guys some tools for being able to set your eyes on Jesus. And I think oftentimes we give a lot of the practical ones like read your Bible, pray, those kind of things. Those are great and I am not discouraging them. In fact, if you were to talk to me, you would know that I would only like say, blow on it more, do it more. Um, But here's the deal. I have two that I actually feel like the Lord gave me this summer when I was crushing under the weight that he showed me um, that I actually wanna give to you because if you will do them, 
If you're crushing under the weight right now, we are, gonna, we are gonna do an altar call here shortly where you may come up and lay your weights down. And, and it's just gonna be a moment with you and Jesus. You don't have to come to the front, but there's an invitation to do that. When we take a step of faith, we, we, God can do something in us. There's a shift in the spirit when we can actually do something outwardly that's happening inside. Um, but before we do that, I do wanna give these tools. And um, the first one is the power of communion. Um, I, over the summer, was just like, if I could be totally honest, it was like crushing. I just felt depressed. I felt depleted. I felt uncalled. I had all these feelings, just like, bleh, right? All the things we talked about in the weights, um, which was so not what the Lord had told me when we came here, was I'm going to carry the weight. And I hadn't felt the weight at all since we had stepped in until this summer. And then it was like, I literally felt like I could just like, collapse into a puddle on the floor. And I remember just asking the Lord, show me what you want me to do. Because you have plans. You put us here. And I know you did. So you got you to show up for me. And he said, read this book. And it was about communion. My friend had just given it to me. And I was like, okay. And it, it sparked something in me. And I started taking communion by myself every day and remembering the blood of Jesus, the bread, his body, broken for me. And if you will just wake up and take communion, whether it's by yourself, with your family, I don't care. The Lord doesn't care. But what it will do in you is transformational. It literally boosted me because all of a sudden, it wasn't the first day, wasn't the second day, wasn't the third day. I think it was like a week and a half in. I had full-blown moment with the Lord. He showed up in my bedroom like never before. And it was like this revelation of his greatness and it washed away so much. And uh, I started to just like feel like we were making progress again and I was walking, but I still felt this weight. And um, this literally is a fresh thing, okay? But I know I'm gonna like lose half of you, okay? So just prepare yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Are you guys all ready to hear what the second tool is? These are tools for your tool belt, okay? Fasting. Here's the deal. When we, I know, yeah, clap for it because here's the deal. I promise you, if you are in a dark place right now, if you will consecrate your time to the Lord, fast some food. Now only do this under health guidance and all the things, okay? But um, if you will lay aside food, Start with a meal, build up, go to two meals, go to a day or two. Honestly, work your way up so that you can fast for several days in a row. There is something in that consecration to the Lord that is going to break off some of these things that have tried to weigh you down. Because sometimes we try really hard to lay aside and it's really hard to lay aside things and get our hearts right sometimes. So, you know, altar calls are a great place to start, but then you actually have to go home and steward it. You have to go home and care for it. You have to go home and like work it out. The, the, we have to work out your salvation. So you can't just come here and, and respond to the altar. That's the first step. Then as the Lord's prompting you, you go home and you begin to say, what can I do to engage further? And you can take communion and then you can fast. 
and obviously read your Bible and pray. But in your fast, I would encourage you, read the New Testament, the Gospels. Read Jesus' words, because he has things that he wants to say to you in there that will come alive when you're fasting. They don't come alive when you're full. They come alive when you're starving. They come alive. There's a secret when your, your butt, belly is hungry. There's a secret there that, that all of a sudden your spirit is starving too. And every time I, so I, I did this fast and I, I, I'm only telling you this because I want you to believe me, okay? It really does help. And it really is like, you get so close to the Lord. As I was fasting, my prayer was, God, I just wanna be in your presence. I could care less about everything else. But what had crushed me over the summer was I felt like his presence was gone. And I, I was like, I can't do this without your presence. I need your presence. I can't, I don't wanna walk forward leading a church without your presence. I have to have it. Like you have to show up. We can't do this. I don't wanna play church. I'm not a church player. I am a like, let's get on fire. Let's go out and reach the world. Let's take people out of the pit of hell and bring them into the, the kingdom of heaven because it's so good. It's so fulfilling. It's so rich. It's got everything we want and need. And so that's who I am. And so when his presence just, I couldn't feel it. It wasn't like he actually left. I just wasn't feeling it. And so when we get hungry, we press in. My prayer was, God, I just want to know you. I just want to be near you. I want, to, I want intimacy with you. And right uh, as I was in the middle of this fast, um, someone gave me this word, and I believe it's actually for our church. And um, it was, it, it's a word that I believe is for us, and it's an invitation from the Lord. Um, it's from the Song of Songs, and it's truly just this invitation from the Lord, okay? So just hear it that way. It says, Arise, my darling. Come away, my beautiful one, for now the winter is past. The rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come, and the turtle dove's cooing is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs. The blossoming vines give off their fragrance. Arise, my darling, come away, my beautiful one, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the crevices of the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. The Lord wants to hear your voice. He wants to see your face and his invitation is to the secret place. We lay aside the weights and we untangle from the sin so that we can go into the secret place and know him intimately and be set ablaze with his love. It's an invitation. And this morning, I just wanna make an invitation to you. If you have weights that are burdening you and they're crushing you, I wanna invite you, come up and lay them down. You can kneel up here, you can stand up here, however you wanna do it. If you have sins that you need to just lay at the Lord's feet and ask him for help to untangle from, come up and ask him and see what the Lord will do. This isn't gonna be, um, it's not scary, it's not intimidating, nobody's watching you or judging you. Here's the deal. If you feel a burning in your heart, the Lord is speaking to you something. If something is in your mind and you can't shake it, come up and lay it down. Allow his love to wash over, to cleanse, to heal, 
because his invitation is to you. It's personal. And he wants to do a work in you this morning. The Holy Spirit comes and he moves. He washes away all the yuck and makes us new. So I just want to invite you, if, if that's you right now, you can go on and come forward and respond and pray. Uh, we're not going to come by and pray for you this morning, but just come and have a moment with the Lord. It's all for you. It's just a moment for you. You can respond whenever you feel.